GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Suzanne Parker and myself, Peter Brannigan. And as ever, we begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely this evening. Live Drive will be back on air tomorrow morning at 7am. Now, over the next hour, we're going to be looking ahead to the start of the Allianz Leagues. We're going to be looking ahead to the start of the Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League. And we're going to be hearing from GA President John Horan. The Nafina Clubman is going to be talking to us about the rule changes, which were carried and some, of course, which were dropped over the weekend. And he's going to be talking talking about the increase in prices which will affect Dublin supporters. If you want to contact us in studio, you can. You can head over onto our Facebook page, which is GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. We have an email, gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie, or you can text us, 087-977-1032. But indeed, we're going to start in Parnell Park this Saturday night. The Dublin Hurlers start their Alliance League Division 1B campaign. They're taking on Carlo with a game throwing in at 7 o'clock. And earlier on, I spoke with our regular contributor, Andy Cunningham, to get his view ahead of the match. We saw last year how tricky these early games can be if, if you're not up to the pitch of the game when Dublin were beaten by Offaly. So a game they have to obviously uh, take seriously and, and give Carlo the respect they deserve. Oh, yes. Uh, like, you know, every game is important. Like, it's just it's such a tight league. Uh, like only five matches and there's no room for error. Uh, so it's very important to get to, away to a good start. As, as I proved last year, as you said, against Offaly, uh, Dublin didn't really recover from that, that defeat in Crow Park that night. But uh, look, as I say, it's, it's a new new season. They've got a few Watch Cup matches under their belt. New manager management uh, put his, obviously put his own stamp on things. Uh, looking at the draw, well, you know, as I say, it's very important to get away to a good start. And, and, and Carlo at home, I suppose, the draw has been favourable to Dublin. If you look at the, the draw overall, uh, they've three matches at home, two matches away. Uh, it's very important to say to get away to to win. And you know the last match then Leash at home. You know if you're looking for points to get 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 up in the league or uh, go for promotion or even fighting relegation. You know uh, so you have to look at that. But uh, look, they'll be looking no further than Carlo uh, on Saturday night uh, and to get away with two points and uh, to set them up for the rest of the league. I suppose we've seen in the well, particularly in the Welsh Cup, the last couple of games, there wasn't too many changes that Matty Kenny was making. So there's a suggestion there maybe already that maybe he nearly already has the team in his head that he wants to uh, to go with as maybe his strongest 15 at this time of the year anyway. Well, I presume, uh, like that, I think I, I, uh, there was a couple of injuries, uh, maybe resting a few guys. But I suppose the Bally Bowden guys are rested. Uh, it depends on who, who, who is it in the panel at the moment. Uh, yeah, as I say, he, he got a good run. He, he got, he got uh, four matches, I think, yeah, the three round robins. And uh, then, then uh, the, the defeat of the Galway there two weeks ago. So uh, look, you know, Kenny's been around the block uh, in Dublin the last number of years. He he would know what's out there, and he'd know who he wants. He probably uh, could tell you who he's going to put out in the fourth round of the, uh, the Leinster Championship uh, come May. But uh, you know, you know, as you say, there is talk of a few injuries in the camp, uh, and we've the Fitzgibbon Cup going on at the moment. Uh, a lot of matches there played the weekend, and I think there's some during the week. So. Uh, you know, a lot of it depends on that. They pick up injuries, or what happened, you know, are they, the guy's tired. But, you know, every every, every team uh, is in the same boat with the Fitzsignal Cup at this time of year. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose, you know, in, in terms of looking at the season as a whole, uh, it's, it's kind of a different maybe position that the league holds than it used to, even up to the year before last, where, you know, the championship, as you mentioned, starts a little bit earlier. There's the group games in Leinster. So the, the league is, you know, it's... It kind of comes quick and fast, but in a way, it's just about getting a bit of fitness and and getting more ready for the the championship rather than, you know, the the once off knockout championship game that you would have had in previous years. Oh yes, like you know, uh, you know, as I say, you you, you get your your games in the league, and hopefully, you know, looking at the the, the makeup of it and Dublin's draw, I would expect them, you know, get into a quarter final, uh, hopefully a semi final, maybe go all the way to the national league final. I think which is the end of March. And then you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's break then, break time then for for the, the local championships in April. Uh, but you know, then just straight into into, into the championship. Uh, uh, as I say, Kilkenny, the first match down in Nolan Park, which is a very tough assignment. 
but uh, you know like it, it, the league you know a lot of people do you know they come up with this thing that you know well we're trying out players and, and you know we're looking at this guy and that guy but you know when it comes to the, the, the business end of it you know they all want to win that national league and uh, it's a big thing and uh, you know I'm, I'm convinced that you know winning gets a habit it's a nice habit to have keep winning matches and uh, he, he wanted to win every match in that, in, in that league yeah, absolutely, and, and I suppose looking at 1B, there's maybe no standout fixture like there obviously are in 1A. Uh, All-Ireland champions Limerick going down to Wexford Park, that, that promises to be a mouth-watering clash. Yes, it does, yes. You know, it's, yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago since Limerick lifted the, 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 the cup there in Crow Park. Uh, reading the paper there, that like, there's, uh, they have a couple of injuries, but you know, they have a very strong, I think it's 42 on the panel, I think, uh, at the moment in training. But a lot of them Limerick players are heavily involved in Fitzgibbon Cup, and I know a lot of them are playing over the weekend and probably playing uh, this week. The, the, the Fitzgibbon Cup around there is a big competition. But look, uh, you know, they, they'll go down to Wexford as all in champions, very confident. Wexford learns uh, on, uh, on Saturday. But uh, they'd still be hard to beat, uh, you know, and I say this, this is the league different to Watch Cup. And then Liam Sheedy's return to, uh, to Tipperary, they're playing Clare. That, that's an interesting reappointment, I suppose, and he obviously thinks he has some unfinished business uh, down in the Premier County. Yeah, yeah, uh, I suppose, you know, uh, he, he proves himself as a great manager, uh, and uh, I think a lot of Tipperary people are glad he's back in because if there's one team that's uh, underperformed the last number of years, that Tipperary team, like, you know, we expect the great things from him. Uh, uh, even even though they won two years ago, I think it was the All Ireland. But like you know, even up to that four and five years, people were saying that they were going to dominate, maybe even uh, against Kenny. But it just didn't happen for them. And uh, they have a tremendous panel. Uh, and Sheedy, you know, I, I think it's a good appointment for them. But Clare, like it's Clare, I think they beat them in there in, in, in that Munster League. But Clare, a young team, uh, brimming with loads of talent. And um, I think. Yeah, looking at the matches, that that would probably be the, match, the standout match this week, this weekend. And very finally, I suppose defending champions Kilkenny taking on Cork. And I suppose looking at Kilkenny last year, they went out and won the league unexpectedly. They they got those close victories against us and against Wexford, and it looked like they were building. And in a way, just because of the scheduling, they were unlucky to to meet Galway in consecutive weekends and then lose out to Limerick. So you would think that uh, Brian Cody will think this this current Kilkenny crop can do damage to any other team. Yes, uh, you know, look, Kilkenny uh, uh, or Kilkenny. You know, and as you said, they won the National League last year. People, you know, they, they, they were probably being written off too easy. Uh, probably un- unlucky in the, in, in, the, in the championship. And uh, listen to um, a former Kilkenny player there uh, at the weekend saying that, you know, there's a couple of guys there that just on the fringes that, you know, they could make a mark for themselves and they're not that far away. Uh, Kilkenny, of course, you can never write them off. Cork, I thought very unlucky last year in the championship. Very unlucky against that Limerick in the semi-final. Uh, I thought probably of all the teams looking at, you know, I think Cork... Uh, were the unluckiest so well, I would think Cork could be a dark horse I think they'll have a good run in the league definitely in the league this year and uh, that'll be an interesting match at the weekend and our thanks as ever to Andy for joining us so remember that game is throwing in at 7 o'clock you can buy your tickets now at dublingaa.ie forward slash tickets if you're buying in advance you will save money it's just 15 euro if you're buying in advance um, 15 euro is also the student price juveniles get it in free with an adult but if you're buying on the day it'll cost you 20 euro for an adult's ticket so it's a little bit cheaper to book in advance and uh, as I say you can get those tickets at dublinga.ie forward slash tickets now Jim Gavin's footballers will be in action essentially for the first time this year Paul Clark was in charge as, as he has been for the last couple of seasons of the O'Byrne Cup team which lost in that final to Westmead on Friday of last week the Dublin footballers head up to Clonus they're taking on Monaghan on Sunday and Earlier on this week, I caught up with Brian Talty to get a preview of that game and the other three in Division 1 of the National Football League. Clonus, I suppose, uh, not an easy goal, but it is difficult to know where the teams will be at Dublin not long back off their holiday and all the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, really, when you look at it, Peter, uh, Monaghan are probably a little bit better prepared than Dublin will be, but, you know, Dublin has such a good panel of players and, you know, their level of fitness doesn't ever really go down too far. So in the old days... You know, you wintered well and then you came back for the National League and did a few training sessions, but that's not the way, you know, the likes of Dublin operate now. So, you know, you'll find the lads will be in great condition and will have have a good bit of work done as well, you know. So, um, I suppose it'll be interesting to see what Jim does as regards the team and, and do any of the guys who played in the O'Byrne Cup, do they get a call up or did they impress or whatever. But, um, you know, that competition, I suppose, is used by Dublin every year to, to, to pick one or two fellas. Uh, and, and, and usually the, they're great in championships, so uh, that's what that's about. But it'll be interesting to see if any of them are picked for Sunday's match against Monaghan. And uh, if Brian Talty was a Dublin selector at this stage, who would he be picking out of the players? Were there any that impressed you in the games that you saw? 
Well, I suppose the big one is is, uh, is Sean McMahon from Rohini, another Rohini man coming through. You know, uh, played very well in all the games, and you know, <coughs> excuse me, and was moved out in the middle of the field the last day to to kind of push them on against Westmead. You know, so he's probably one. But I think young Gavin from um, from Lucan, they're they're looking at him in a big way. His father played midfield for Galway years ago as well. He was a big star in the under twenty one team beating Galway in all Ireland final two years ago. Or, you know, so. He's another another one. I always like uh, um, Ryan Bascal as well, but I'm not sure he impressed enough in the Auburn Cup for him to be pulled into it. But uh, certainly Sean McMahon is, is the big one. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose it's it's such a, a potentially a historic year for Dublin. Uh, players will you know really be fighting for the jersey as you always would be, but in particular in a year when you're trying to create a little bit of uh, GAA history. Yeah, and I suppose that won't be greatly undermined, to be honest with you, Peter. But I think, you know, particularly the younger fellows would be pushing to try and get into that panel and get into that into that squad. And as I say, the likes of Sean McMahon, you know, two years ago we got uh, Niall Scully from it. Then Brian Howard appeared from it last year. Could McMahon or, or Gavin be the ones to, to come through this year? Dublin certainly need a, a big athletic uh, mobile guy around the middle of the field. So... These two guys are, are like Sean usually plays defensively, but you know, Gavin is, is 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 an excellent midfielder and very 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 mobile around the middle. You know, so it'll be interesting to see do do any of those guys come through. And I suppose if you look at uh, Monaghan over the last few years, you know, Tyrone have really been the team that have have, uh, have broken their hearts on so many occasions. But they've always been impressive early on in the year. And of course, they beat Dublin in the league last year when, when Dublin had already qualified for the final. But a county with just a small population, you know, down in the, la- in the bottom three or four in terms of populations. But the, the group of players they have together are certainly performing for the manager. Well, I think it just shows you that populations aren't everything, you know. I suppose it gives you a greater pick. But if you can get a good crew of fellas uh, and certainly Monaghan over the last few years have done that. I think they've come from Division 3, Division 2 to Division 1 and stayed in Division 1, you know, so uh, great work being done up there. But, you know, I watched their, their match against Kerry there uh, lately on, I think it was TG Cahar, and, you know, some of the footballers they have are, are unbelievable, and some of the scores they got, like, were, were, were massive, you know, and they're a well-coached team as well. And, you know, it's going to be a difficult one. It's going to be a difficult one for the Dubs, you know, when they go up to Clonus on, on, on Sunday. You know, it's just a tough place to go, you know, at the best of times. As you say, they might not be fully as, as prepared as they would like to be, but uh, that, that's it's a tough opener for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose at the same time, uh, Galway taking on Cavan. And I suppose we'll talk about Galway in a moment, but Cavan, when they got relegated a couple of seasons ago, people thought they'd, they'd probably be back in Division 2 for a couple of years, but very impressive to bounce straight back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was great, great performance by them. And now they have a new manager, you know, um, and, and, and Mickey Graham has been, uh, you know, his performances this year with Mullinocta in the in the Leinster Championship have been unbelievable. And I've seen him in operation in training now the last few nights in, say, in Abbottstown as well, or the last few weeks. And um, some great sessions got on in there. So they'd be very well prepared. And again, it's a tough challenge for Galway because, you know, as we saw last Sunday against Roscommon, Galway had a fairly good squad out and just didn't perform at all. Like So uh, Kevin Walters seems to be of the opinion that they're not as well prepared as they were this time last year. And, you know, really, to be honest with you, to, to stay in Division 1, you'd need to be you need to be beating Cavan up in Cavan and, or in, in Pierce Stadium and uh, taking two points at home. That would be difficult. But uh, I think you might see a response from the Galway squad. But they have a, lo- a lot of injuries, Peter, uh, and a lot of uh, important players are out injured. So... That, that'll be an interesting team to see as well but it'll be a tough one against Cavan as you say you know they've done brilliantly to come back up there again so quickly and I suppose uh, I was speaking recently with, with Shane Walsh he said the only thing that maybe they reflected on from last season was the games against Dublin that they just weren't quite ruthless enough when they had the chance uh, they just didn't take scores when they could have would, would you go for that would it go away miss chances whereby they could have potentially beaten Dublin or gotten closer to Dublin in the league final on the All-Ireland semi last year well, probably what they played was a very defensive game and, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of put it down to Paddy Talley, who was involved uh, and who had been involved with Tyrone previously and is now the down manager, that it was his tactics. But, you know, having watched training again over a few weekends uh, here in Dublin, they, it's Kevin Walsh that puts that into play. I mean, it's Kevin Walsh is an international, former international basketball player as well and you can see the basketball tactics coming in as regards, you know, the uh, zonal defence and all of that kind of thing in, in, in defence. And um, I don't think it'll change an awful lot, but they are certainly trying to get new players. And there are some new players, well, not new, but there's players who had been away that have come back. You know, Young Silk is back, Young McDade is back. They're good footballers. So uh, you'd hope that they'll, they'll attack in a little bit better now, you know, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And there's a new coach gone in there as well, in, in Kevin Stritch, who, who was coach of Castle Knock here when they got to county finals. So 
interesting to see what his take on the whole lot will be. Absolutely. Elsewhere, I suppose Roscommon will be, uh, as you mentioned, buoyed by their victory over, over Galway last weekend in the FBD League final. They go to Castlebar to take on Mayo. So these kind of games, I suppose in the league you're kind of expecting to play different teams, but Mayo and Roscommon have, have met each other loads of times over the last uh, couple of years, I suppose, and uh, it promises to be an intriguing, intriguing match. Yeah, it does, you know, and it'll be interesting to see where Mayo are. You know, it's, it's interesting to listen to the pundits on, on radio and you know, I listened to three Kerry men there last week talking. Michal O'Murray was talking, and and uh, um, I think it was Tomas O'Shea. But they were talking about Mayo as the team to challenge Dublin. Now uh, they they've done it. They've got very close to Dublin. What are they going to be like now? And I think the big thing is, have they found a few more forwards to put in there? Or are they going to depend on the same guys again who have come up a little bit short? Not very much, Peter. To be honest with you, uh, they have run Dublin very very close, and they're the closest team to Dublin. Um, can they do it again that's the big question but the league will be important for them to find a few new players and the final game Kerry and Tyrone I suppose uh, Tyrone will be well it's, it's hard to know how you come out of an All-Ireland final defeat how your response will be but for Kerry Peter Keane taking a, a senior inter-county role for the first time so it'll be interesting to see where they're at with that huge uh, vast sway of, of underage talent they've had over the last five years yeah you know but when you talk to people from Kerry uh, Peter they'll tell you that there's a lot of talent coming out but that they're all kind of very attack-minded and that their defence is not in place really and have they come up with defenders is, is, is another big thing. But I think the big plus for that Kerry team, and it might take them a while, but it's the inclusion of Donny Buckley in their in their coaching setup because, you know, what we saw from Mayo, Mayo would never have been considered a great defensive team or great tacklers or whatever, but when Donny became involved, they became massive, you know, and some of the tacklers, the tacklers that were putting in everything was, was brilliant and he's, he's massive in doing that work. So, we could see a big improvement. It might take a while, but we could see a big improvement in the defensive play of, of Kerry. And if you can see that, it could become dangerous. But I, I think it's going to take a few years. Certainly a lot of talent there. But to get... It's a kind of an attacking uh, talent. Uh, can they play the game that's that's required, like footballers they had in the past, like Jimmy Dean and, and Ty Canelli and Paddy O'Shea, where you didn't go into that defence, hmm. but they certainly need to tighten up in defence and, and get that kind of ruthlessness in defence, and then they could be a very dangerous team. And I suppose one team that certainly is, has been built on defence, and, and when they were winning All-Irelands in the last decade, had a very solid defence, was Tyrone. Um, Attacking-wise, though, they, they came up short in a couple of games last year. Yeah, they did because they were probably overly defensive. They weren't as defensive as they were the, the, the previous year. But, you know, when Mickey Hart is in, in charge, he, he studies everything. He will ha- he will have it checked out. He will know what he needs to do. Can he find the players? And certainly there there's a few players coming through. Uh, and it's nice to see the likes of uh, Kyle Coney coming back as well, who was a huge minor star for them. And watching him playing against Armagh last Sunday, he certainly has, has a lot to give to that team. Uh McCurry is back as well, played very well, you know. So he's got fellas back, they're attackers, and uh, I suppose it's, it's a lot to put on the shoulders of Peter Canavan, Jim Fella, that he's in there as well. It might take him another while to be to be a star, but uh, certainly a, another good player. So there's three defend or three attacking players that they've found. Uh, will they have enough? That would be the interesting thing. And maybe just finally, Brian, I suppose the league throughout down the years, you know, it's been played before Christmas and after Christmas and split between the two. Uh, I know a couple of managers have talked out against it starting so early, you know, the last week of January and we, we have that month off for club football in April. But, I mean, games in January, they, how much are teams going to get out of this or is it just about, I suppose, getting a bit of fitness, getting players back out in the pitch again? Well, I think it, that it, it's 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 both of those things, really. You know what I mean? You need to get them back there. You know, you can train all you like, but you need to get the games. You need to have games under your belt. And, the, the, you have to remember that the National League is, is, is the second top competition and for for a lot of the teams outside of Division 1 it might be the big competition for them Peter and you know I suppose what you're going to see over the next while is something like 120 games maybe a little bit less but it's going to be fabulous and people love going to the league matches but for the teams themselves the teams down in you know the other divisions trying to get up out of that is the big is a big goal for them this year for the year and uh, we see some a lot a lot of really good games we see a lot better games in 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 the league than we do in the championship sometimes so uh, I think everybody's looking forward to that league starting up and uh, and see how it goes. 
Indeed, an early start in the year, I suppose. But uh, we've seen the appetite for supporters in grounds recently. We saw, what was it, over 6,000 in tune for Galway against uh, Mayo. And we saw four or 5,000 out of Parnell Park for Dublin and Mead. So the appetite's there. And thankfully, the uh, Alliance Leagues get going again this weekend. Now, somebody who'll be hoping to play for the Farney men this Sunday is Ryan Wiley. I recently caught up with him at the launch of the Alliance Leagues in Crow Park. And we initially talked about games in Clonus. The All-Ireland Champions coming to town in the first game of the league, that must be one to really look forward to. Uh, d- definitely, um, the All-Ireland Champions for the last four times in a row. Coming to your home patch, um, I think it's always a special feeling because uh, Dublin always bring so many s- support with them. And hopefully as well, we'll have, we'll have a decent crowd um, of modern supporters. And I don't think there's um, a better gr- ground personally than Clonus whenever it's uh, full. I know uh, Toronto with maybe moving to the final, but... I think uh, Clonus is something special about it that um, all big games, especially even the Kerry game last year, just something something about it. So really looking forward to it because uh, just to get the whole thing back on the way, it's been a long, it's been a long winter. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a massive gap from the middle of August to now and I suppose, you know, when you're finished the season you probably have a, a couple of weeks where you're like, this is grand, but then you get to the point where you're dying to get back. Uh, yeah, well, probably you'd be straight into club nearly after um, after the county, so there's not really much of a break, but had a bit of uh, four weeks off there myself. Um, I was just on holiday, so just before Christmas, I was in Vietnam and Philippines. So it was a nice little break. So I think I'm I'm ready to hit the ground running now. Uh, there was talk inside of Dublin being unbeatable, unbeatable, but even but you beat them out here, of course, last year. And you know teams were on them close. There's, there's a perception that they're they're miles better than everyone else, but that's not really fair. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably probably wouldn't read much into our win. It's obviously a good win for us, and I think there's a couple of stats going around, but we hadn't beat them in Crow Park in so long, but. They already qualified for Finland. They had a couple of new men out, so um, it's hard to maybe read into that. But uh, yeah, it's it's every every county's job to try to get somewhere close to them and, and try and, and try get get one over them, which um, a lot of counties have tried in the last couple of years and haven't been able to do it. So um, it's just our job just to get better and better and and try bridge that gap. And but uh, it's not just ourselves. Um, Kerry, it's Galway lad, Shane and Stephen are here and Tyrone and Donegal. I think it's we're all trying our best to, to get closer to them. Hard to be the challenge. I don't know with any use, but it's hard to be just challenging yourself against the best in any walk of life to be honest. You know what I mean? You always want to keep yourself improving and only one way to improve is probably to be playing the best and that's the beauty about division one especially that we're gonna be playing seven games and it's gonna be the best players probably in the country. Um, we're looking forward to it. every game I think they should really look into more of those Saturday night games to be honest I think that's probably what I'd be looking forward to the most um, a Saturday night game National League lights on big crowds um, I think I think that's probably the best thing about it to be honest and is that related to recovery and that kind of thing um, yes it's good to um, have have your son to free especially well, look, well, I don't have any commitments renting at the minute or kids or wives renting but couple of lads you know what I mean just to spend time they're, they're giving enough effort and stuff but I think nearly is it easier now for maybe crowds to get to on a Saturday evening and I don't know it just feels good you know under lights I don't know it's some sort of atmosphere about it Ryan was then asked about going to university with some of the Dublin players at UCD no I'll be good friends with the lads um, especially Paul and, and Jack they would have been my same year as uh, in college starting off freshers and played Sigerson the whole way through but it's, it's, wouldn't really talk about football that much. Um, you know, maybe if we played each other, we texted each other before or after the game. But there's plenty of other things going on in life to be worrying about than just talking football all the time. I suppose they're the same as myself. Where you're nearly at it every night of the week, so it's good to just uh, relax and take your mind off it now and again. And that's Monaghan back, Ryan Wiley. So Dublin against Monaghan throws in at 2 o'clock in Clonus. Uh, obviously we're expecting a big Dublin support to head up to County Monaghan. But if you can't make it up, the game is live on TG Cahir as well. Now last weekend the uh, Central Council of the GA met and they decided to scrap their new experimental rule on hand passes. Uh, in the O'Byrne Cup, if you've been to any of the Dublin games, you might have seen that there was three hand passes and then the ball had to be kicked. Uh, that rule is now not going to be carried forward into the Allianz League. On top of that, there's also been a pricing increase in tickets for both the Allianz Leagues and for the Championship. And earlier on this week, GA President John Horan spoke to the media and I asked him first and foremost about that hand pass rule. Um, that was one of the key elements of the debate on Saturday was the trial too short in terms of the pre-season competitions but uh, some people felt that having witnessed it in matches that uh, it really wasn't solving the problem that was the statistics were proven that the number of 
hand passes had dropped and foot passes had uh, increased. People were making the point that the quality of the foot passing was predominantly just substitution for the actual hand pass that they were going sideways and they were going backways and people alluded to the fact that whilst goals scored had remained somewhat similar they felt that there was a drop in the, in the amount of points scored this debate went on it was probably one of the longest central council meetings it didn't finish till half two and it got a full frank open debate and you know Another factor I think that fed into the whole debate was the fact that referees found it a, a, an issue in terms of actually refereeing the matches. And is it something that you think has been put on the long finger or is it gone? Like, could it be discussed again after this year's championship perhaps? Um, no, we asked the committee to go off and look at it. It's just unfortunate. This committee did phenomenal work from my point of view. Really thorough, detailed investigation into everything. Um, but unfortunately, they, they just started at the time that I was appointed and I appointed them. So they really were starting with a blank canvas. And uh, I think it has created a debate. Like, I mean, no sooner had they come out with their original proposals than people were talking about alternates to it. And one that was put out there was that maybe, you know, passing the ball back to the goalkeeper could be ruled out in terms of that would then take that overlap factor of the goalkeeper out of the game and teams might just push up more. But one positive out of it all was and it was that the advanced marks seemed to spread the defences out a bit, that instead of lads leaving fellas out and saying he's no great danger in that particular position, all of a sudden he became somewhat of a danger in the context that if he took a mark, he had an opportunity to get a score, where uh, that meant fellas had to move out and, and pick him up tighter than just sitting off him knowing, well, look, he's that far away from goal, he, he has to get the ball and work it in for a goal. John was then asked about the association's decision to increase the price of their tickets both for the Allianz Leagues and for the All-Ireland Championships. The decision to raise the ticket prices came about because we um, made a commitment to uh, increase the revenue to the uh, club development grants from two million to four million over a four-year period. It's something that I said in my Congress speech that I had intended to uh, put the club front and centre. We had the National Club Forum. Uh, and we increased it by half a million this year and a half a million next last year, half a million this year, and so on. For you know, so it's four half millions over a period of four years. That revenue had to be found. We're very tight on our administration costs and our other granting structures here. So the only real way we could actually come up with the money was to actually raise tickets. And we also promised our international units that we would look at the funding of their boards because if you run a county board in an international unit, you're very much cut that. You don't get great receipts at these international games, barred maybe in places like New York or Boston, but in a lot of the international units, they don't get great receipts. Um, their impact in the society, in the particular country that they're in, is, is minimal, so they don't get big sponsorship. So really, a lot of people playing internationally get a few bob from friends in business, or they pay for a lot of it themselves. So in that context, there was felt for a need there. So like half a million of the increased revenue is going to the club development. 200,000 is going to the international units. Uh, we have definite redevelopment uh, work to be done in terms of NAV and Newbridge, Waterford and other areas in the next number of years. So we had to try and, and up that fund as well to see what we could do there. Is there a fear that attendance is made up? Look, in any price increase in any business structure, and I suppose when you look at your prices, uh, you're talking about our product, our games, that is always a risk that you may suffer an initial uh, drop. But look, the economy is strong at the moment and uh, we felt that, you know, putting all things together, we needed a revenue stream. The economy is, you know, strong and uh, certainly our games are, are, are popular and, uh, you know, we felt this was the time. I know we were accused um, when we changed the structure of the competitions last year that our change in our hurling and our football structures was purely being driven by our greed and want of money and in actual fact the finances are going to show that that didn't actually happen that in actual fact we didn't generate this big pool of money that people thought we were going to now in terms of football I suppose you'd have to argue the point that uh, Mayo's absence from the championship at the stage they went out probably impacted on a drop there uh, in terms of the hurling the increased revenue came from maybe the round robin in the provinces because of the extra games there but look, you know, you have to balance it. You have to be fair. I know some people make, make, might make the point, why did you have to go to the next round figure of a five or a zero? But you've got to be practical about these things when you're running games and you have people coming through styles. You can't be working out in a change of two euros and one euro. So fives and twenties are, you know, it's, it's a reasonable way to run it. I think history will show that, you know, we raised it in 2011. We're going up in 2019. When will the next increase come? 
it may not come for another eight to ten years. So in a twenty year or eighteen year time frame, if you raise your prices once, I think that's reasonable. Some commentators argued over the last day or two that given the year there were low attendances at this year's All Ireland football semi finals, for instance, that questioned the timing of it. Yeah, uh, I think those low attendances came about, I'd say, because uh, the compressed nature of the actual championship caused a certain element of saturation on the part of people. I think most people in their budget would have found that, uh, you know, to go to two All-Ireland semi-finals in one weekend was a little bit harder than go to two over two weekends. Uh, that was one factor. Uh, another factor, I think, in attendances was the fact that with so many games condensed into August and we gave up the month of September but we did that for the benefit of the clubs to help club programmes and uh, and again as, as I alluded to I think uh, Mayo's absence from the concluding end of the championship was also another factor that caused the drop but look we are where we are now we did, we did these things for you know it was said we'd come out of September with the championships to give clubs that opportunity you know People always say we're a, a bit of a grab-all organisation, but here we were making a conscious decision that has actually cost us a little bit because we want to give time to the clubs, and I think the clubs all benefited by getting September. Uh, John, I've clearly enjoyed this decade of Gaelic football because um, I'm a little bit biased, perhaps. Maybe it's the same for you, I don't know, but is there a slight headache with Dublin's success? Like It's potentially five in a historic year for them, but when we see Hurling being so competitive and, and, and any team can win it, would, is there party that kind of wishes that a, a Kerry, a Mayo, or a Galway, or whoever it might be, might pipped up in this year? Um, look, f- <laughs> in this position, you're neutral. Um, in the overall context, look, greater competition will be good for the actual organisation. But, you know, we're probably sitting on an era of history making in terms of a team actually achieving five. And, you know, they're not doing it by any luck. And, you know, I keep saying this to people when they discuss this with me. If you go back through Dublin's all Ireland victories and even go back to Pat Gilroy's, Bar this year's score against Tyrone, every other game that they won was either after a replay or by a margin of one score. So it's not that there's a massive gulf from their way beyond it. I think, you know, if you look back, there's probably two all earners there that should have really gone to Mayo, but, you know, you go, to, go to the first one. Kerry probably gave it away, you know, in the last few minutes. Uh, certainly two of the Mayo ones, uh, I'd say, not the 2018, the 2017 Mayo one, the missed free and the man being sent off, certainly cost Mayo the previous year, the two goals that Dublin got. So it's not that Dublin are a million miles away from everyone. I just think they have a, a, a kind of a clinical aspect to their game when it comes to the end. But yeah, le- look, let's be honest, more competition in Leinster would be healthy. But I, I think Kildare will come. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where Mead are. I certainly think there were signs in Kildare last year that they could come. And long may Dublin's success continue. Now we are going to head out. It's uh, time for a break on the show, but do stay tuned. Afterwards, we're going to be hearing from the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brandon Cooper, and we'll be hearing from We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy. Do stay tuned. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. And welcome back to GA Sports Desk. Now, this weekend also marks the start of the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League. Dublin are playing in Division 1 and they'll be taking on Kilkenny on Saturday afternoon down in Callan, John Locke's GAA Club. The game throws in at 2 o'clock and earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper, to look ahead to the game. Yeah, there's not too much time to kind of reflect or rest or, or, or chill out, as they would say. So, Basically, uh, our first assignment uh, in the National League, uh, as you already pointed out, is uh, an away trip to Kilkenny. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this time last year, we hosted Kilkenny up here in Parnells. Um, uh, from memory, we actually played on an all-weather uh, as opposed to grass, because I think the weather around this time last year was <clears throat> probably a little worse than it is at the moment. So yeah. we, we're, we're traveling down this time. We, we, we make the, the, the short trip down. and <clears throat> It is only a short trip down at this stage, but... As far as I know, we're playing on grass, <clears throat> unless the weather gets a hold of us now at this stage. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's an interesting opening match, uh, Suzanne, for, for a few different reasons. Um, typically, uh, Kilkenny are always there, thereabouts, come the end of the championship or thereabouts. So it, it, it'll be a good yardstick to use from uh, Dublin's perspective as to where we are, because <clears throat> basically when Frank Brown took over in uh, early December now, as, as it was, um, he kind of put together a new panel. We lost some girls who have left the panel for they've gone abroad now at this stage. Mm. Um, so he's had to kind of uh, kind of start back to scratch, basically go back to scratch, and uh, we had a lot of trials on. And uh, so basically, the, the panel that we have this time have been together for probably a little over a month now at this stage. Um, 
probably maybe maybe five weeks or, or thereabouts between one thing and another. So it, it's a little bit of a baptism of fire for for, for the girls, but. They've been, they've been doing well in training now at this stage. I refereed some of their challenge matches and, and they appear to be moving re- really well. Mm. Again, challenge matches are never a great indication, mm. uh, you know, from that, between that and National League. It's a huge difference. But still, no, it, you know, the girls have been, they, they, they've been doing really well now at this stage. So when they travel down to Kilkenny, they'll have a very good idea as to where they stand in, in, in the pecking order. Uh, because I say Kilkenny, at any stage, whether it be league or championship, championship or, anything, or whatever yeah. they, they, would, they would always be going out to win there's never any easy matches against Kilkenny so um, and I say we have a whole new uh, management panel in place there as well so the last three or four weeks has been kind of a getting to know you type basis and I know Frank is very keen to kind of ensure that the, the guys have, have bond together and that we go down you know and give of our best typically it's a very young team from what I can mm-hmm. see Suzanne based on the panel that we named there uh, about two weeks ago, um, and it will be a baptism, baptism of fire in every sense of the word. But anyway, it's a uh, it's match. It, it's good to kind of, you know blow away the cobwebs at the stage. And yeah. the boys will be Kilkenny as, <laughs> as as any other county. They're, they're, they're all the same. There's no easy easy matches in in, in national league anymore. Everyone's of a standard. And gone are the days when some team would trounce another team. So we're hoping to put in a very good performance and, and hopefully we'll be able to look at, get a couple of points against uh, Kilkenny. Exactly. And coming up against Kilkenny, one of the teams that is, as you said, always there at the end of the league, end of the championship. Is it a very difficult first game for them to come out? Or would it have been better for them to have, I know not an, an easier game, but not as a, a prominent team? Well, it's strange. It, it can work both ways, Suzanne. Um, yeah. Because... Uh, if you've had past history with, 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 with Kenny, you know just how good they are. But I genuinely think that the girls this, this time around, that they, they, they wouldn't, uh, you know, quite a number of them would never have played a senior National League matches in, in any shape or form. Um, and they certainly wouldn't be aware of, of, of Kenny to any great extent. So probably going a little bit of, of the unknown. So and that, that, I think, will take away the fear factor. I think they'll go out and play with... Um, a cohesion and a kind of a freedom, which maybe they didn't have there last year uh, under David's thing, because David has obviously each manager has his own way of training a team or preparing yeah. a team and such. I think Frank will allow the girls a bit more freedom to express themselves. Now, again, that's only my opinion based on what I've seen. So it, it, it'll be an ideal opportunity for for kind of this this series of mine to be tested out. Will they go down there with an open mind? It's just another 15 players versus 15 players as opposed to Kenny. Yeah. You know, uh, Alain yeah. beating the finest at thereabouts. It, it, it's irrelevant. I think they'll just go down there and, and kind of take it as it comes. And, and if, if we can get a victory, we're well and good. If not, it will certainly tell us where we are. Exactly. In, in, you know, and what we need to do to kind of improve our game. So it, it, I'd say a huge learning curve or learning prospect, yeah. learning game and prospects to them. And as you mentioned, it's a new team, it's a young team, there's new captains involved. So it is a completely different experience for them and the management. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's amazing because Roshan Baker is our new captain. Now, last year she, she played in a number of games, but she wouldn't have been what I would consider to be one of the more prominent players. Obviously, Frank has seen something uh, in Roshan um, during training, and again, she's a, she's I mean she's only uh, she's just turned teen, she's gone over teenage years now at this stage, mm. but not by but, but not by much. So obviously, she has impressed Frank in the in the four or five weeks that they've been together now at this stage. And again, she's a member of my own club, Nafina. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you know, she's a lovely girl, and she's always been a very good camogie player, but. She's now been given the responsibility and, and the honour of representing Dublin. I think she's embracing uh, the, the kind of respect that, that Frank has shown her now at this stage. Yeah. I've uh, I've been to a number of um, uh, meetings in which Roshan attended, mm-hmm. and she's very much you know she's you know she'll speak her mind, um, but she's very realistic by the same token as well. So I think Frank respect, respects that he he wants the players to challenge him. He's always said he wants the players to challenge him. You know, at, at every opportunity possible now at this stage, so that he you know he has a, a very good handle on you know where the team stand now at this stage. So, again, when you have the likes of Ashley Carolyn from uh, St. Albert Plug as vice vice captain, she'll be a huge uh, uh, asset to to, to Roisin because uh, Ashley's been playing really well over the last number of years. And probably Ashley, 
in maybe a different uh, era, probably would have got at least one All-Star now at this stage. She really has been one of uh, the players who have been to the fore as far as Dublin Camogie uh, is concerned. And, and I know she'll give a lot of help and encouragement to uh, to Roshan going forward. So, you know, this is a good mix there between the, 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 the experienced and the up-and-coming and, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting mix, yes. Yeah, and a captain with a team has got to support your team, but it's someone, it's a role model for them to follow and listen. And, you know, and that's what really the, the job is there for. And then the vice captain there to support. Absolutely. And I suppose, you know, it, 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 I mean, the county board would always say, this, you know, if there's any issues there that need to be addressed or dealt with, uh, and we said the same thing to the flag as well. That if, if he needs any assistance from the county board yeah, or, yeah. or needs something, and to have a player uh, of Roshan's caliber mm. who, who can who can speak her mind and she can well speak for for the rest of the team. Exactly. So if there was ever an issue that needs to be kind of uh, addressed, I'm not saying that there is. A fact, <laughs> I know, no, I know, I know. But, but if there was, you know, she'd be a good go between be, 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 between management and and the county board if necessary. But Frank is. You know, I haven't got to know Frank now over the last uh, uh, what four, five weeks or thereabouts. Mm. He's um, he's a very easy easy man to talk to. He, he takes on board what you say. He gives a lot of good feedback, and we have regular meetings. Myself and Jenny, uh, born our chairperson, would, would uh, meet Frank on a very regular basis, and it, it's a very frank and open discussion as to you know where he thinks he is, yeah. what he might need from the county board, um, but he, he, he approaches the county board in, in a manner that he's an easy person to deal with. You know, he knows what he wants. He, mm. he, now, I think Frank is a winner. He absolutely you know, wants the very best from, from Dublin Camogie, and he's prepared to give 100%. But equally, he would expect 100% uh, you know, of his players and of the county board as well. So, so far, it's been a, a good marriage by all accounts. Um, it hasn't been a crossword spoken. Um, so, that argues well for the future. <laughs> it's the early days. Yeah, I don't quite I know. think things coming down the line that will kind of... Uh, yeah, keeps on our toes, but you know, so far so good. It's been a very seamless transition from one yeah. manager, you know, to, from manager to, to the next, and and that's been most important from a Dublin perspective because obviously with Frank coming in, he wouldn't have known the girls in any shape or form, which is probably not a bad thing because he came in with no preconceived ideas. Yeah, he picked the best players as, as he thought, you know, presented themselves in the what four or five challenge matches or trial matches that we had in, in the lead up. So. I, I think he, he's put a huge shift so far. He, he genuinely is relishing the, the 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 prospect of you know doing well with Dublin. And, mm. You know, if Dublin do well, you know it, it looks good for him as well. So um, you know it, it's a two way thing. Uh, exactly. Well, January is always a very busy time as well for the county board and registrations and everything. Tell me what's happening at the moment. Yeah, it's. Um, I suppose we're just Christmas, just going around the corner there now. Where we're back in with a, with a bang, Suzanne. <laughs> we had our AGM there last week, the week before. Um, such was the agenda that we didn't quite have enough time to uh, finish it off before we were asked to leave uh, Parnell Park. It got a bit late into the evening time. So we've had to come back and we're going to come back on uh, the 4th of February at this stage and we have a, the reconvened AGM. Also on the same night, um, so not to take the delegates out twice in two weeks, we have what's called our registration night, yeah. which is basically when the team's uh, look at all the, the documentation that they need to bring forward for, for 2019, such as their team entries, their transfers, their regradings, or whatever it is. So it's basically it's the time when they, they, they tell the county board what uh, competitions, and this applies from under 13 all the way through to adult 8, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a huge amount of paperwork uh, needed from the, from the club. And once we get that paperwork, we can send them sit down and look at them structuring our league needs for the coming year um, at, at adult and juvenile level. So between now and oh, 11th of February or thereabouts, it's going to be all hands on deck. It's always a particularly busy time when we need to get our paperwork correct, we need to get our, our league structures correct, we need to have them ratified at the, at the next county board. So, uh, uh, you know, a lot to be done. And I say we're still only in the, the what, third week in January <laughs> no. or thereabouts. So it's... Uh, it's an exciting. It's always an exciting time. Just until we manage to get things down on paper, you know, there's so much to be to be done. But it's you know, it, it happens every year. So it's, it's no surprise to anyone <laughs> that you know, come January, you know, January is is a manic month from from a, a, a documentation point of view. Yeah. So it's a 
So clubs are b- busy in, in the background preparing all the documentation. So hopefully they have it all ready, waiting and, and willing to and ready to hand over to the county board in in the next week or the week after. And that'll be the that'll really kickstart the season mm-hmm. from a from the county board's perspective. And the week after we we'll be back into our matches. So um, brilliant. Not a huge, there's, there's not a kind of a, a lot to kind of, a lot of time to kind of rest on your laws mm-hmm. at this stage, but. It keeps it keeps it all amused and you know make, make sure that we have lots of on, on our upcoming agendas. And as you mentioned, about three weeks away from the domestic league starting. Yeah, yeah, it's um, we we'll kickstart because national league is up and running uh, at the same time. It's difficult for us to um, uh, hold uh, have our say domestic leagues as such. So we normally run uh, adult cup competitions uh, around this time, around the start of February or thereabouts. But more importantly this year, um, based on what clubs have said in, in, in the last couple of years, our minors, we, we've never had a real minor league in, in the strict sense of the word because minors tend to play on adults and it's hard to play adults and, and minors at the same time as well because they overlap one another. But, uh, you know, based on, the, based on the comments from our AGM just gone there, a lot of the clubs are very keen to get a, a, a meaningful uh, Leinster League, uh, say a, a minor league in operation uh, at the start of the year and then finish off with a minor championship at the end of the year. So the, hopefully the minor will, will kind of bookend the, the 2019 season. Um, I've had a look at the schedules going forward. I've put some proposals there to the clubs which are now busily digesting at the moment. I'm hoping that they'll, they'll all in with, with my suggestions now at this stage. And that, uh, as well as having cup matches coming up, we also have uh, minor matches on, on a regular basis. So it's slightly different to previous years, but still nonetheless very exciting times, especially for the clubs that feel uh, that they want to enter a minor league. And but the county board are very conscious of the fact that, you know, girls of the age of 16, 17, that if they were to kind of drop off now or, 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 or go elsewhere, it's very hard to get these girls back playing camogie in later years. It's different for where an adult player has come in and played adult camogie, say from minor through to 24, 25 or whatever. Then she wants to maybe start a family and maybe a couple of years later she, she comes back in, in, into the, you know, after, after say, the, the child children has been born, she mm-hmm. wants to come back into camogie. That doesn't happen if you leave at 16 or 17 years of age. If you do, got at that stage, you're normally gone for the duration. So we're yeah. to ensure that the, the, the fall off is you know is minimised as much as possible. And this is what is proposed to uh, as a you know one step to to avoiding a, a fall off at this particular age group. So time will tell. If the clubs take up the what's proposed, there should be a very meaningful uh, minor competition next to them. And our thanks as ever to Brendan for joining us. So remember that game throwing in on Saturday, 2 o'clock, Dublin against Kilkenny. It's going to be a massive challenge. Uh, Frank Brown's first game in charge. It'll be really interesting to see how the team gets on. Very finally, we're going to go to We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy. Tell me a little bit about how the teams were kind of feeling going into this and how it went. Um, yeah, look, it, it, this, this is their annual Dub Stars event that takes, it takes place every year. Um, they, they recently brought in the junior Dub Stars and uh, their, their, the nominations are sent in by, the, by their clubs and, you know, based on, on what they've done with their clubs o- o- over the season at, at junior level, um, you know, the, the players are picked. Um, it, it, it's a great honour. It, it's great to honour the uh, players for all the hard work that they put in. Mm. And uh, the two teams are put together. I think they get a couple of training sessions um, with each other uh, mm. because, you, you know, you've got players from all different clubs. Um, yeah, yeah. Most of them haven't played together, so it's just sort of, uh, you know, giving them maybe a little game plan or, or, or whatever, you know, a few bits and pieces to work on. And, uh, yeah, they're split into the blue team and the navy team. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look, they're they're always really competitive games, funnily enough, for that time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, players uh, seem to be either trying to impress maybe somebody that's watching on or, uh, you know, look, they, they, they're just happy to be out there. They're delighted they're representing their clubs. And, and as I say, it, it's an honour to get one of the, one of the dub stars. So, um, you know, they're, they're always competitive. Competitive, they're always enjoyable games, and there always seems to be plenty of goals in them um, <laughs> every year. And uh, this uh, this year's w- uh, w- w- wasn't any different either. Um, we, we had we had some uh, good goals and some really good goals taken by some of the players, and uh, it, it seemed to be. Uh, at one stage, that uh, the, the teams were, were trying to uh, win it by uh, who could score the most, most goals. <laughs> and points didn't really matter, but uh, you know, look, that's 
that that's the fun of it as well. You know, it is a challenge game, and um, at, at the end of it, the players are presented with uh, commemorative medals, and of course, they they get to keep their their dub stars. Um, uh, jersey and stuff like that you know so yeah. all in all uh, you know it, it, it's as i say it, it's it's mainly to honor the junior exactly, players yeah. you know that that have put in you know look 12 months of, of hard work uh, between training and playing matches and um, it's brilliant and any of the players that are involved in it would they be being watched really for 2019 and the next season um, to be honest with you, I think Mick Bowen would be the only one to be able to answer that yeah, question. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure if there was, they, they, they would know about them, you know, besides this game. Mm. Um, I think it's probably one of those games you can't really take too much out of. Um, because it's not, you know, although they are competitive, you know, you know, it, it it's is a team a thrown game. together yeah. that have never really played together. Yeah, and so it'd be very hard to judge players on that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, as I say, they only get two training sessions um, or, or, or something similar to that before the games actually take place. So it, it would be, I think it would be harsh to judge any player on, on a Dub Stars game. Yeah, yeah. Well, the second game that was on, it was the Dublin four, or sorry, four thirteen, and the senior Dub Stars was one nine. Quite a different score there. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, again, as I say, goals win games, and uh, Dublin um, got the goals. Hannah O'Neill got um, particularly eye uh, catching one right at the end. Uh, the, the fourth goal, she had she had a. Uh, what you would say is a tap in to, into an, in, an empty net. Um, mm. Look, she was forced to react to the rebound, and uh, she stuck it away very well. Uh, her second, her second goal, uh, which was the fourth goal of the game uh, for for Dublin, um, was particularly special. Uh, about I'd say about twenty five, twenty seven yards out, and uh, uh, rocket straight into the top corner keeper, no chance, you know. Mm. Um, and it's, again, it, it was it was a case of uh, Dublin um, and possibly a lot of players that are being looked at um, yeah. for the National League coming up uh, to get a chance to get out and A, get the, you know get rid of the cobwebs, number one, and also uh, two, to uh, impress um, the, the man himself uh, who, who was watching from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. And what do you see, like looking forward to 2019, what are we expecting from these teams? Um, well, from Dublin, I would be expecting another raise in standards again, and uh, that's going to be difficult because they're already playing at a very high standard. But um, you know, I, I, yeah. I think the, the group of players that are there, plus the management, you know, don't rest on their laurels, and it, it, you know, it's a case of upping it again because you can be uh, sure that uh, Cork are going to be gunning to get their title back. Mm. Um, you're going to be looking at Tony Gall. You're going to be looking at Galway. Um, and one or two others which who will have their eye on um, Dublin's All Ireland title, that's for sure, and and also league title. So um, you know they're not going to get too much um, room to settle back into the season. Um, that you know I think the the, the the first I think the first target will be to retain the Division One title. You know because mm-hmm. they only won their maiden one last year. So I think to cement that. Um, you know, and a bit of a legacy. You know, starting in in the league, um, I think they, mm. they they could. You know, I think the target will be to retain it this year. You know, and um, look, it's going to be these the opening games. I suppose are going to be the games that Mick will have a look at players. Um, he'll, you know, you'll, you'll see plenty of you'll see plenty of new faces. I think in in the first couple of games, um, and, and right to do it at that time of the year as well. Yeah. You know, he'll get, he'll get to see them and see see what his options are for you know heading towards the latter stage of the league into Leinster and then into the All Ireland series. And do you think that there'll be more pressure or it'll be more difficult for them to retain titles rather than just going out to fight for them? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, as they proved last year by retaining the uh, All Ireland against um, a yeah. side they'd never beaten in Crow Park um, before, uh, you know, in Championship. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that proves that no, they won't find it any more difficult. Um, I, I think the players are looking at it. You know, after, I think after the, the defeats as well that they had in the three previous years. Uh, you know that besides galvanising the, the, the squad together, I, I, you know I think that the players. <laughs> I, I'm only thinking of my thing. You know, trying to make up for, for lost time, if you, if, if you want to put it that way. And uh, you know they're not going to give up these titles very easily. Yeah. It's going to take a good performance from a from from a good side. Um, to stop Dublin retaining um, all three of the titles they picked up last year, yeah. um, and that, that's not being arrogant or being, you know, big headed. No, no, that's, yeah. that's just the, that's just the way it is. They they are the standard bearers now in ladies football, and they're going to raise it again this year. So everyone, anyone that really has an eye on taking any of those titles, is really going to have to. Um, 
you know, come up to standard with Dublin. And whether they can do that or not, we'll just have to wait and see as the season goes on. But um, certainly, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll find it any more difficult retaining titles. They've already done that. And as, as I said, the first target is more than likely for them to retain that the division yeah. league title. And do you think they'll be making any changes in 2019, or will they just keep keep everything as is? Uh, in personnel, is that what you mean? A little bit of everything, training styles, play, playing styles. Yeah, I'm sure they'll tweak. I'm sure they'll tweak everything. I'm certainly sure you're going to see some new faces. You know, look, yeah. every year, um, you know, you can have players have to, you know, through college or whatever, may have to go abroad mm-hmm. as part of their studies and that. So I, I would say there are probably a couple of faces gone this year that, that were there last year, you know, due to, to reasons like that. Um, so I certainly would see uh, some new faces coming in, some of the minor players, um, you know, from last year and the year before. Um, there'll be a couple of them I think you'll mm-hmm. see in the squad as well and, and we'll get plenty of game time, particularly early on in, in, in the season. And uh, I'm sure, he, I'm sure. look, I'm sure he's looked at the training. If they want to raise standards again, they're, they're, they're obviously going to have to tweak, yeah. you know, because, um, if you, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you sort of get to a standstill. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a few things up there, uh, mixed sleeve uh, for the season ahead. <laughs> and tell me, Nigel, is there anyone that you're kind of looking at uh, for 2019, that a person to watch or someone that might be a, a rising star in 2019? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of players. Um, I'll be looking at Creva O'Connor uh, from Clontarf. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, I've been watching Creva now come up through the, the underage up into minor and uh, she's certainly one that has all the attributes to be a, a top class forward. Um in the game, uh, Sarah Fagan, captain of uh, the minor team last year, will be another one I'll be watching this year. Um, Siobhan Colleen, mm. um, who was part of the squad last year, um, didn't get uh, a lot of game time. Um, I'd be expecting her to step up this year as well. Um, she she was the star of the show in the uh, junior All Ireland final. Um, she she bagged herself five goals in that <laughs> and uh, uh, looked a serious serious threat uh, as a forward. Going, you know uh, for Clontarf, and I'm sure um, she can do the same for Dublin. So they'd be sort of three of the names. There's others there as well. Um, there's probably a long list. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'd be here probably all night. Um, but. Uh, yeah, they'd be certainly three. I'd be looking. I'd be looking for something from from them next year. Yeah, or should I say this season? Um, they're certainly ones to watch. If you see those names cropping up on a on a program or a team list, uh, they'd be certainly ones to watch out for. Brilliant. And tell me, what do you think about the the ladies' football being televised with double headers with the men's? Uh, that's absolutely brilliant news. Uh, I think it's the way forward for the for, for the ladies' game. Um, you know, to give it to uh, you know a bigger exposure yeah. uh, and expose it to a wider audience, um, and maybe dispel some of the old myths that are still attached to ladies' football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about the, the standard of the game and fitness of players and and, and all sorts of other things uh, that that are still there, which just don't seem to be going away for some reason. Um, so maybe exposing it to a bigger audience, you know, both on TV and you know in Crow Park, um, is uh, is brilliant news, and I think it's it's the way forward for the game. Um, the, the, the LGFA have now done this, I think, for the last three seasons. They've managed to get some of these double headers in, in the league. I think uh, it's it's the first step in the right direction. I think eventually these have to become the norm. Um, because I think that's how uh, the, the ladies' game will, will will progress even further, and uh, you certainly have to try and start seeing some of these uh, during championship. Because um, the, the one difficulty with the double headers is uh, the, the time of the year they're usually on. Um, it was the same when we had the hurlers playing with, with with the footballers in Crow Park. You know, you have a very poor crowd in for the hurling, and then it started to fill up. You know, at the latter part of the second half of the hurling. It's so cold, people don't want to sit around for four hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of connotations. They're usually on Saturdays. It's a 5 p.m. throw-in. Again, it's not a great time to have a, a game thrown in. People, you know, working on Saturdays and stuff like that. So um, it would be nice to get a, a few of these in the summertime mm. when, um, you know, they can be staged on a Sunday. You know, you, you can put the, the throw-in times at, at, at sort of better times. The weather's nicer. People don't mind sitting in a stadium for four hours in the sunshine. Yeah. But they, uh, they they don't like it in the winter when it's bitterly cold. So um, I, I think, as I said, it's a step in the right direction. I think it has to become the norm for both the league and eventually the championship. And um, I, I think that, that that's the same on the other side for the small ball with the camogie and the hurling. I think it has to happen that way as well. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, look, it, as I said, the positive steps... Uh, I 
was delighted to, to hear it um, when, when it was released. And um, as I said, the, the LGFA have to be applauded for the, for the work they are doing trying to promote the game. And, um, you know, initiatives like this um, are, are, are the way forward for them. And uh, they, as I say, they should be applauded for it. And our thanks as ever to Nigel for joining us. Remember, the uh, defending All-Ireland Ladies Football Champions Dublin take on Donegal on Saturday week. That's one of the double header fixtures that's taking place uh, at Crow Park. They play Donegal at 5 o'clock and then the men's team play Galway at 7 o'clock. So that's certainly an occasion uh, to look forward to. Now I'm afraid that's pretty much all we have time for here on GA Sports Desk. Remember, it's a busy weekend of league action. The Camogie team take on Kilkenny down in Callan at 2 o'clock on Saturday. At 7 o'clock on Saturday, it's Dublin against Carlo at Parnell Park in the National Hurling League. And then on Sunday at 2 o'clock at Clonus, Dublin footballers take on Monaghan in Division 1 of the Allianz League. So loads of actions look forward to this weekend and hopefully all teams will be well supported. But on behalf of the GA Sports Desk team, uh, Suzanne Parker, Katie Scanlon on sound and myself, Peter Brannigan, have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday night. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin.